You better go, Bree. Go, girl. <laughs> Thank you so much, worship team. We're going we're gonna to move into our Bible study for this evening, and uh, I want to thank you guys for coming out, and hello, Jessica. How are you? Good. Just saying hi, guys, to an old friend, that's all. So we've been in the process of a, of a teaching on Wednesday nights for a little while uh, called The Building, and we're talking about the building as a verb, not a noun, uh, that there's a process that God does in each of us that's a building process. Uh, so we've talked about the foundation, uh, that God lays the foundation, and, and that we have to have the right foundation in order to have the proper building process. And then we talked about collaboration, how God will invite us into that process, that God created man, that um, everything that God created, he spoke uh, into existence except for man. And mankind, he formed with his hands. And then he invited us into the process of building the kingdom of God. He invited us into the process of building uh, really anything that he directs us to build. He allows us to, to be a part of that. And then tonight, what I want to go into is part three. And if you would turn with me to Luke chapter six, we're still going to have our, our core Bible verse that we've been using throughout this series. We're going to hit first tonight. And then we're going to go into uh, what I call the process. The process. I'll give you guys a moment to turn to Luke chapter 6. How many of you guys know it's Father's Day this Sunday? Yeah. Amen. So make sure and bless those dads in your life. Amen. Make sure and, and bless those dads that are around you. And uh, just uh, if you don't do anything else, cook them some biscuits and gravy or something. All right. That's, that's, <laughs> that's all I got to say. You make me some biscuits and gravy, I'm a happy man. That's right, brother. <laughs> so Luke chapter 6, we're going to read verses 46 through 49, guys. And it reads like this. Last week, we actually read the same scripture in, a, in Matthew. Uh, but we're going to read it in Luke this week. And it reads like this. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against the house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation, against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to dig into your word, into your scripture, Lord. And I just pray tonight that through this Bible study uh, that we would all be a Affected. We would all take a portion of this home. Uh, let it not be something that we hear and immediately forget, uh, Lord, but let us apply it to our life. Let us think on it. Let us develop, develop it in our spirits, Lord, and apply it to our life in Jesus' name. Amen. So in this process of what we're talking about in building, how many of you know that building is a process, right? Uh, so uh, whether you're rebuilding, remodeling, or building from the ground up, it's a process. We kind of hit on that last week. Well, this week, uh, because it's Father's Day, I want to take a sharp little turn. And we're going to talk about process, uh, but not just uh, in the building stage of a building, say walls and windows and doors and foundations and roofs and things like that. But I want to bring in the process of barbecuing. 
So it, it's Father's Day week, guys, and I'm already in my mind barbecuing this weekend. You know, it's already it's already in my in my spirit. So when I sat down to write this message, I want you to know it seems like I was hungry when I wrote this message, uh, but I wasn't. I wasn't. Uh, it just kind of flowed out of me, and that's probably because I just really enjoy food. Like I'm I'm blessed by food. How many of y'all are blessed blessed by food? Right? Certain foods are are a blessing to me. So building is a process just like good cooking, right? So building a a church, building a house, building a structure is a process. Cooking a good meal is a process. And then what God does inside of us, building us up as people is a process. Amen. So it's it's something that happens over the course of time. Uh, How many of you guys believe and understand that we live in a world of instant gratification? Right? It's just, it is what it is, man. We're, we're in a world of the faster the better, right? It's an instant gratification world. Uh, we have microwave ovens and we have instant pot pressure cookers. How many of you guys have an instant pot pressure cooker, right? I love my instant pot pressure cooker. I call it mine. It was my wife's. She got it for a gift, uh, but I think I've used it 100% more than she has. Uh, she gets to eat whatever I cook in it, you know, so maybe that was the gift part. Uh, but I love instant pot pressure cookers, but they, they, uh, we have a, uh, I have a sister-in-law uh, in our family who calls her Instant Pot Pressure Cooker the magic time machine because uh, it does things so fast and so easy and so quick, right? Uh, so, so we have things like that. We have air fryers. How many of you are using air fryers, right? That's a new fad, right? I, I made some awesome wings this week in our air fryer, right? Air fryers work really, really well. Uh, so we have air fryers. Uh, but then on top of that, just out in society, we have fast food uh, drive throughs right? You have McDonald's. You have Wendy's and you have stuff like that. Uh, you have chicken nuggets and French fries, right? I mean, you can drive through a drive-through and you can be eating chicken nuggets and French fries in a matter of just a few moments, right? It only takes a couple of seconds and a couple of dollars, and you can have some French fries and some chicken nuggets uh, from McDonald's. But how many of you guys know we don't generally end up at McDonald's on purpose? There's not very many times that we go out and we say, you know what, honey, I'm going to take you to dinner tonight. Go put on a dress. We're going to McDonald's, right? That doesn't happen very often, does it, right? Uh, And even usually when you're driving around and you're like, you know, I'd like some lunch. You know, the the first thing that pops up in your mind is not usually, hey, we got to go look for the closest McDonald's, right? That's just not something that normally pops up in your mind. You know when I end up at McDonald's the most? When I'm looking for a Chick-fil-A. If I can't find a Chick-fil-A, then uh, I guess we got to go to McDonald's, right? And uh, we, I went, we had to pick up some furniture for the church yesterday in Ocala, and, and Kennedy and I ran through Chick-fil-A uh, for lunch. We, we specifically buy things for the church in areas where Chick-fil-A's are uh, so that we can get some Christian chicken for lunch on our way, right? So, so we found a Chick-fil-A, and we pulled through, and we, we ordered some extra Chick-fil-A sauce, and we didn't use it all. And, and Kennedy goes, Dad, I'm going to tuck this in your, in your glove compartment here. So next time you're stuck eating McDonald's, at least you'll have some Chick-fil-A sauce to put on the nuggets, right? And I'm like, praise God, that's awesome. Uh, but, but we have things like that. Uh, how many of you know some people in this room, probably, if we went around this room, there's probably somebody in here that has never really eaten anything that required a long process to cook it, right? In our society today, especially if you're on the younger end, uh, you may not have ever really had something that required a long process to cook it. Some of y'all had, had never had grits that weren't instant. Amen. Some of y'all have never had grits, period, have you? I can tell by the response. Some of y'all have never had grits that weren't instant. Some of y'all have never had biscuits that didn't come out of a freezer. 
Some of y'all have never had cornbread that wasn't jiffy. <laughs> Amen. If you've had cornbread that wasn't jiffy, you know it. Like it's some serious cornbread that's not jiffy. And don't get me wrong, I'll eat jiffy in a jiffy, right? But man, real cornbread that's taking a process to make, there's just something special about that. The butter melts just a little better on that cornbread, right? I'm going to make y'all real hungry by the time we leave tonight. Uh, some of y'all have never had bread that didn't have a bread tie on it, right? Bread that, that got kneaded out and worked out on the, on the countertop with some flour and, and, and put in the oven to bake and had to sit for hours and, 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 and let the yeast do its thing. Some of y'all have never had that process. Some of y'all have never had cookies that didn't have cellophane and plastic wrappers. Right? Some of y'all have never started with scratch and, and, and baked cookies and did that. And I threw this in even though it doesn't matter, but I just want you to know that some of y'all uh, cook your steaks uh, in the oven and you cook them to well done and you smother them in A1 slots. And I just want you to know that you do that because you don't know better. Right? There's a way to eat a steak that's so much better than well done, smothered in A1 sauce, right? And if you come to me after service, I will teach you my ways. I will, I will teach you how to do that. But, but the truth is, I just, I love to cook, right? I love the process of it. I love starting from scratch and thinking through it. Uh, during the pandemic, I told you guys several times that, you know, during the pandemic, when, we, when I found myself working from home a lot and the church wasn't open, man, I, I, I cooked bread. Like, I learned how to, how to bake bread. I learned how to make uh, chocolate chip cookies from scratch, like total scratch. I, I learned how to do that stuff during the pandemic, and I just love the process of things. How many of you are like me, and you just like, you like the process, right? Anybody? No, I'm about a couple of us. There, there's a handful of us that, that like the process. Thank you, guys. Uh, that leave me hanging out here. There, there's a few of us that just like the process. But we like the process in things uh, where, it, where it, it ends up that we get a good dish. We get something to eat that melts in your mouth. You get something that's incredible to eat. Uh, but most of the time, the process that God walks us through, man, a lot of times we don't enjoy that, right? Sometimes that's tough and sometimes it's hard. But in this process uh, of cooking, uh, we can see some similarities between that and what God does in our walk, in our Christian walk. So, so there's, some, there's some times in my life uh, where, where I cook using an Instant Pot. I cook using a microwave. I use an air fryer because I don't have time and I need it done quickly. I've got to put a meal together and i got to do it fast, right? So I don't, I don't have all day to do something, so I've got to do it quickly. There's times in our life that, that we do that and we, and we move quickly. But then there's other times in our life when we just need to slow down and use uh, my wood chip smoker. Right, so there's times when I only have 45 minutes and I'll use an air fryer or I'll use an Instant Pot. But then there's times when I've got 10 hours. And if I've got 10 hours, I'm going to use my smoker, right? I'm going to put, I'm a meatitarian, you know, so I, I eat a lot of meat, but I will, I will load up the smoker with meat and, and sometimes just, just different types of meat. I, and Jessica will come home and she goes, you're not even going to open a can of vegetables, are you? And I'm like, nope, not going to do it. You know, I've got plenty to eat right here. I don't need vegetables. Uh, but, but she does and she makes me eat them. She watches me till I clean my plate with vegetables, but <laughs> no, not really. Uh, but there's times when I want to slow down and do that. So we talked about last week how God is a builder. But can I tell you today that God is also like a barbecuer? God is also like a very good barbecuer, right? And I want to talk about what that looks like. And how do we know that God is like a barbecuer? Because in Acts 10, uh, Peter saw a vision of a sheet dropped down in a, in, a, in a modern time video plane of all these four-legged creatures and animals. And God spoke to Peter and said, rise, kill, and eat, Peter. 
right? That's how we know that God is a good barbecuer, right? God, God is good at that. He told Peter, rise, kill, and eat. Eat all that stuff. What we don't know and what wasn't in Scripture is he taught Peter how to build the first smoker, and he smoked that pork after he... No, he didn't. I'm just teasing. Uh, but, but we know that, that God is, is like a barbecuer. So there's a difference. How many of you know there's a difference between something cooked in the microwave in a couple of moments and something cooked for eight hours on a smoker? Right? There's a difference in that. Uh, there's a difference between, and uh, I'm getting in trouble with McDonald's tonight, but there's a difference between a McDonald's McRib and a slab of St. Louis style ribs, dry rubbed and cooked slow and low for six hours inside a smoker developed by a process. Right? There's a difference between having a McRib in this hand and a plate full of St. Louis ribs that have been slow cooked for six hours in this hand, right? That McRib in this hand. Uh, you don't generally eat it on purpose. You just, you run into that every once in a while, right? You're like, oh, I guess I'll have McDonald's. I'm starving. I don't have time for anything else. You run through McDonald's and, oh, the McRib is back. I'll have a McRib, right? And you don't think about it, uh, but there's, there's definitely a difference between the two. McRibs were made of ground up meat, mystery meat, that we're not sure what it is. <laughs> I'm going to ruin some of your days right now. It's, it's ground up mystery meat. We're not sure what it is. It was put together in a factory and then they had these metal stamps as this roll of meat just came down a conveyor. They have these metal stamps that stamp down and form it into a semicircle that'll fit on that bun. And it has little uh, marks in the stamp that creates the image like it was grilled on a grill. Right? That McRib ain't never seen a grill in its life. Right? But it has the marks on it like, it had, like it's been grilled. And then they take that McRib and they slather it in a barbecue sauce. I mean, it is cu- it's dripping. How many of you have eaten a McRib? Right? It's dripping in barbecue sauce. You pick it up, it comes down, it slides down your hand. Right here, have you ever eaten one drive-in, bro? Like, like it, it slides down your hand, right? Like you're driving and you're a mess. Like you got to go change your clothes when you get done eating a McRib, right? Like it gets everywhere. Uh, but in this moment, this McRib is so slathered in sauce and so faked out with the barbecue marks and the lines that are fake uh, that you don't even really know it's nasty till you're done eating it. <laughs> right? You don't. In the beginning, you're like, man, this thing is awesome. This, this is so good. Oh, my goodness. You know, I can't, I'm going to follow this McRib. You know, I'm gonna, I can't wait till it comes back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back and order me another one, you know. And, and it's not until after you've wolfed it down that you start feeling a little queasy. You start feeling a little sick. And you realize, oh, man, maybe I shouldn't have ordered that second one. <laughs> you know, maybe I shouldn't have eaten that. So there's a difference between that and ribs slow cooked in a smoker brought up slowly in temperature to the correct temperature where the meat starts to let go of itself. I told y'all I'm going to make you hungry tonight. Right? Where the meat, and what do I mean by that? Where the meat starts to let go of itself. When you first put raw meat in a smoker, it's clung together. Its fibers are hooked together like this. Over the course of time of being in that smoker and under heat and brought to the correct temperature, those, the, the fibers in that meat begin to loosen and begin to let go of themselves, right? And that's the reason you know it's been cooked to the right temperature and the right thing is that when you bite into it and eat it, it's tender. The meat falls off the bone, right? The meat uh, it just, just falls apart when you cut it. Right? And you know that it started to come apart from itself. It started to let go of itself. The fibers become loose and easy to cut, easy to chew. Uh, it, the meat separates from the bone so easy with, uh, with little effort. And the flavor, 
has been cooked completely through the meat, so much so that you don't even really need sauce to eat it. You could take a bite of some St. Louis ribs, and it doesn't have to be slathered in sauce, and you know that it was done right, it was put through a process, and it's the real deal. If you took that McRib and washed off all the sauce, you probably wouldn't eat it. You'd probably be like, I don't know what this pink flabby thing is, but it doesn't resemble ribs at all, right? You probably wouldn't eat it. Uh, Can I tell you today that some people are McRibs and some people are slabs of slow-cooked, processed, St. Louis-style dry-rubbed ribs, right? Some people have allowed God to put them in the process to where they've been transformed and processed into something beautiful, something that's tasty. Something that's awesome. And some people have have just faked it. They faked the grill marks. They faked the process. And they slathered themselves in so much barbecue sauce that you, you think they taste good. But really, if you washed off all the sauce, the process has never been done. So, so in our own lives, we've got to make sure that we submit to God in the process so that we become the right product and not the wrong product. So we become the healthy product and not the unhealthy product. Right, so that we become something that's genuine and not something that's fake. Right, so we've got to, to move through that process uh, with God in order to do that. So our Christian life does have moments where, it, where in our life God does something microwave quick. Right? There's moments and times in, in my walk with God that God has done something microwave quick in me. Right? He's done it in a moment. But God gets to choose when that is. Right? It's not something that I've decided, okay, God, this one I want you to do right now in the moment, and the next one we'll take in a process, Lord. Yeah. Matter of fact, God, let's do the next three like this because I don't have a lot of time, and then I'll slow down in a couple of weeks and we'll get in the process of the other stuff. Right? We don't get to decide when that is. God is the, is the, the head cook. He's the head chef. Right, so he decides what gets cooked in the microwave and what gets cooked on the slow cooker. Right, so in this moment, uh, there's some things in our life. Salvation was microwave quick. Right, when you raised your hand, accepted Christ, or in that moment you, you cried out to Him in your prayer closet, wherever you were, and and you just knew that you needed Jesus in your life and you accepted Him, you went from death to life like that. It was microwave quick. Salvation is something that happens fast in our life, right? But for some parts of our walk with God, uh, mainly sanctification becomes a process of becoming more like Christ is something that God slows us down for. So as we walk through a process of sanctification, it's generally a slower thing. So it's an event versus process. When we come in at first, we have an event in our life, which is salvation. This is something that happens in an instant. It happens quickly. It happens a moment. And what do events do? Events uh, lead us or a catalyst to the process in our life. So this event happens quickly, and then it's the catalyst that draws us into, okay, now that I'm saved, what do I do? How do I walk out this life? How do I look more like Christ? Okay, I have to submit to God and enter into a process so that I begin to look more like God. So that I begin to look more like Jesus, right? It's something that we have to do uh, in order to get into that process. So then God works out in us a process much like cooking a slab of ribs in a slow cooker. And I want to kind of compare those two and talk about this. So this is a simile of how God works in our lives. Uh, First of all this, he turns up the heat enough to transform us, but not enough to burn us. I I want to say that again. God turns up the heat enough to transform us but not enough to burn us. 
God isn't interested in, in hurting or harming or devastating us. God is interested in our transformation. So a lot of times in our life when the heat gets turned up uh, and if God is in the moment, because we talked about wounds a couple of Sundays ago and we talked about how sometimes it's self-inflicted wounds and self-inflicted wounds, man, we can burn ourselves, right? We jumped, our, we jumped in the fire ourselves. But if God is bringing a storm into your life to, to produce something new in you, he will turn up the heat enough to start the process, but not enough to burn you. So when we submit to God in the process, we understand that, yes, it's getting a little hot in here. <laughs> yeah, it's, whoo, it's getting a little warm, right? It's getting a little tight. My life is, is starting to struggle. And, and God is bringing this process into place uh, to, to turn up the heat for the transformation process to start. But he's not laying you across a fire to burn you up, right? And we've got to recognize that God, as like a good barbecuer, turns up the heat just enough to transform us. When you cook ribs, you don't cook ribs at 450, right? Unless you want tough ribs. You cook ribs at 225. You cook ribs sometimes at 200 if you got eight hours, right? You cook ribs at a low, at a low temperature so that the process can take place, right? So, so God will turn up the heat just enough to transform us, not enough to burn us. Now, I will say this. Sometimes God has to turn up the heat on some people a little higher than others, some people are tougher cuts of meat to begin with, <laughs> right? Amen. <laughs> right. So some people are, are salmon. They're super, super light, super fluffy, and God, you know, can look at them in the wrong way. You know, and it's like, it's like when, uh, you know, some kids, I have one kid in my life that I, in my life, I have one, we, have one, we have one child that all I had to do growing up was just look at her wrong, man, and she was bawling, crying, and, and repenting, right? And then I had another kid that was tougher than nails, like, a look in one direction wouldn't do nothing to her, right? It, it took a whole different level of discipline to make something happen there, right? And it, it's the same thing in our, in our own lives. Some of y'all require a lot of heat to get into the process. And some of y'all just require a little bit of heat to get into the process. So it, it, it's dependent on how tough you are to begin with. So, so he turns up the heat enough to transform us, not to burn us. And, and you want to know that just like a good barbecue, the fire is, is, the, is, is more of a guide than a direct heat. Right? When you throw a pan on an open fire, a cast iron skillet, and a fire is hitting it, that's a direct heat. A fire in a smoker, the fire is off somewhere else. And all the fire is doing is providing the heat for the atmosphere. Right? The, the, the fire is producing smoke and producing heat. It's producing the atmosphere for change. Right? So in this smoker, he's not producing direct heat. How many of you remember when he, uh, the story where he led in Exodus, he led the Israelites by cloud by day and by pillar of fire by night? Right? He led them by fire, but the fire was a little bit at a distance. The fire provided heat, provided warmth, provided protection, provided guidance, but it didn't burn them. Right? It's the same process in our life. The fire provides heat, warmth, guidance, direction, change, process, but it's not meant to send you and burn you. Right? So, so in this moment, he provides uh, uh, indirect heat to where we're at. The next thing that he does, just like a good barbecue, is he applies the right wood that creates the right smoke to give us the right essence for why we were created. Now, if any of you have ever smoked uh, and you've used wood, like wood chunks and wood chips and pellets and things like that, if you're cooking poultry or if you're cooking sausage, you want to use apple, right? Apple tree wood or, or pellets or whatever uh, style of grill you're using. Uh, I use chips. So you would use apple, apple tree chips because apple tree chips provide the right flavor to enhance the taste of the sausage and the poultry. But if I'm cooking steak or if I'm cooking beef, uh, I'm going to put in hickory chips 
Because hickory chips have a distinct flavor and a distinct style that creates something different inside of the beef. Uh, God, just like a great, uh, a great barbecuer, knows exactly what you need in a combination of your personality, your anointing, your gifting, and your calling. And he knows how to put it all together in such a way that makes you better for it. That turns you uh, into something altogether different than where you started. Right? God knows the process and the recipe to make us better than where we're at. So he's so good. He knows what you need and he knows what you need to learn. Amen. He knows what you need and he knows what you need to learn. Uh, a lot of times some of us uh, think we absolutely know everything already. You know, some of us just do. We struggle with that, right? Uh, but then God will show us, no, no you've, you've got more to learn. You got more in this area, and he'll he'll indirectly bring up the heat in our life to teach us things that we need to learn. And sometimes, like I said, it requires more heat for others uh, than than some. So so in this moment, uh, he provides the right texture and the right essence to to building and creating what he's doing inside of us. And then he lets us sit in the smoker for what seems like a long time to us. Sometimes when we're going through the heat and we're going through the situation, the heat's been turned up in our life, man, it feels like eternity. It feels like forever. But the truth is it's only a blink of an eye to God. Right? It's only a, a millisecond to God. But we're in this smoker for what feels like eternity, but he leaves us in there until we're done. Right? Until the process is complete. Now, now sometimes uh, if you're trying to jump out of the smoker every five minutes... How many of you know it's going to take longer to do the process, right? If, if a smoker gets impatient, a, a smoker, if, if a barbecuer gets impatient, uh, a barbecuer walks out and opens the door of the smoker every 15 minutes, it's going to take a lot longer for the process to happen, right? It's going to take a lot longer for it to get done because he's letting the heat out every 15 minutes. That's why when God turns up the heat in our life, man, we need to endure it, walk through it, receive it, and, and pray and ask God, what do you want to do in this? And then walk it through to the end of it so that you don't have to go back in and keep going back in and keep going back in right? It's a process of allowing God to do what he does. So he lets us sit in that smoker for what seems to us eternity, but really it's only a blink of an eye to him. And then after a while, when we get pliable on the inside, because that's what happens when meat lets go of itself is it becomes pliable. It becomes cuttable, becomes chewable, right? So when we get pliable on the inside, we begin to separate from ourselves. We begin to separate Right? You know what that looks like? Like sometimes, man, we, we, we come into this thing sometimes and we get so rigid with God. And we get so rigid that we're tense like this and we're locked together. And God's going, you know, I need to apply some heat to your life so that you get tender and open and you begin to separate from your flesh. You begin to separate from who you want to be so that God can do something in you, right? Colossians 2.11 says this, In him you were also circumcised by a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self. Now obviously we, most of us in this room probably know what circumcision is, right? And we know where it came from and, and what, the, uh, what the point of it was in the Old Testament and all that. But in Colossians 2.11 in this New Testament, it, it, it turns into something different. In him you were also circumcised by a circumcision not performed by human hands. That means God is the one doing the cutting. God is the one doing the carving. God is the one trimming. God is the one preparing. Right? God is doing this. It's not human hands. Your whole self. Not like the previous circumcision, which was just a portion of yourself. But your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ. 
So in that process, when our life heats up and things get struggle and things get tough and we begin to loosen up and become pliable to God, he comes in and begins to carve away and cut away what doesn't belong. He comes in and begins to, to separate your spirit from your flesh. Because we get so knotted up in life sometimes that uh, we become one jumbled up ball and everything is stuck together. And, and even in church and even in Christian situations and even dealing with Christian people, we deal with everybody in our flesh. Right? And there's no separation between your flesh and your spirit. But in this moment, when we allow God to put us through the, the heat to begin to make us pliable, to begin to pull apart and separate spirit from flesh, then we have a choice. We can react in our flesh or we can react in our spirit and we're not a jumbled up mess and a jumbled up ball anymore. Right? It's not all together. It's something separated. And then we have the opportunity to grow our spirit man by reacting and feeding and using uh, him to respond to situations rather than our flesh. So our flesh gets weaker, our spirit man grows stronger, and we become more like Christ. So, so in this moment, Hebrews 4.12, it says this, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than two, any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. How many of you know it takes a sharp scalpel to separate us from our flesh? It takes a sharp scalpel and a skilled hand and the only one who can do that is God, right? So God comes into that process. So sometimes at the end of a smoke, this is what a barbecuer will do. A barbecuer will come out and stoke the fire or crank up the heat for a, few, for a moment before he removes what he's been smoking from the grill, right? He'll crank it up for a minute. Why does he do that? He does that to develop a tough skin on the meat, so he wants a, a tough or a crisp outer layer on the meat because it, it creates such a better essence for the, for the meat. But it also creates something that locks in the flavor. And it ensures that the rest of the meat throughout from the point you get through the skin is going to remain tender. It's going to remain pliable. It's going to remain chewable. Right? It ensures that. So a barbecuer does that. So sometimes God will turn up the heat for a little while and then crank the heat up even just a little more to produce a tougher skin on you so that, uh, so that you're not uh, responding to situations like a baby. That when we have situations and struggles in our life that we're not responding like a baby, but we're responding like a tougher, fuller grown adult, right? So, so in this situation, at the end of the smoke, he does this. In Romans 5, 3 through 5, it says this, not only this, but we also rejoice in sufferings. Say that with me tonight. We rejoice in sufferings. We've got to say that a few times to get it into our spirit, right? Because no, none of us enjoy rejoicing in sufferings. No, none of us like sufferings, right? But it, it, this scripture says that we can get to a point in our spiritual walk that when we suffer or we have trouble in our life, we begin to rejoice, not because of what we're going through, but because of what it's going to create on the other side. So we immediately can rejoice, right? So we rejoice in sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance, that when we go through times where, we, where God turns up the heat, uh, we suffer in that moment, but it produces endurance in us. That we have the ability to withstand and endure uh, things that maybe we couldn't do before. And then endurance produces character. And when we endure things and we go through tough situations in our life, it produces a whole new character than we would have had without it. A whole new character of how we look at people, how we treat people, how we respond to people. It changes our whole view and our whole outlook. 
and when we've gone through situations it's produced character and then it says and character produces hope hope right and hope is is in your soul right so so it produces character which is how you react and treat and 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 deal with other people and then it produces a hope within your soul right and a hope is, is closely aligned with joy it's closely aligned with on the inside that despite what i'm going through i can have hope and i can have joy because god has created endurance and god has created character within me right so so then it says this and hope does not disappoint because the love of god has been poured out in our hearts through the holy spirit who was given to us so, so why does God need us to create a little thicker skin? Uh, so as Christians, we won't be so easily offended. Christians should be the most least offended people on the planet. But unfortunately, in today's day and age, some of us are, are the most offended people on the planet. Right? So we don't be so easily offended to situations that we deal with. So we won't shy away from the hard things. So when we see hard things coming and we're dealing with hard situations, we don't shy away from it because we know we have the inner strength, we have the endurance, we have the character, and we have the hope uh, to, to come through it and come out the other side better for it, right? That we have hope in those moments. So, so we won't be easily offended. We don't shy away from tough things. And he develops, this is the, the amazing thing, is just like a good barbecue God develops the tougher skin on the outside while keeping us soft and pliable on the inside. That we can, we can deal with tough circumstances with grit, but we can deal with tender circumstances with tenderness. Because Jesus was both tough and tender. Jesus was tough when he needed to be. And he was tender when he needed to be. As Christians, when we follow Jesus, we should have moments where we're tough and moments where we're tender. Right? We, we, we should see both. So, after being in high heat for a bit and after a long cook, the barbecuer takes out the ribs, covers them, and he does something interesting. Now, most of us, when we cook really good food and we bring it out of the grill or we bring it off of the heat or we bring it out of the oven or we bring it out of the smoker, most of us want to dive into it right there, don't we? Let's, let's cut that thing up and get it served, man. Let's, let's get, I can't wait to sink my teeth into this. But a good barbecuer knows that you never serve meat fresh out of the smoker. You cover it and you let it rest. And if it's any size piece of ribs or any size piece of meat, you let it rest for at least 45 minutes. So 45 minutes of rest before you can tear into your ribs, right? So why? Why does God do that? Why does God let it rest? So when we've been through a process of sanctification or a process of building with God to create perseverance, character, and hope within us, God often covers us for a season and allows us to rest, right? So we've been through a tough situation uh, and God knows it was high heat. God knows it was producing something in you, something that maybe we were fighting the whole process, but we finally got through it and we came and the process broke, right? And then he will cover us and allow us to rest. And that's a good, good father, right? He does that for a couple of reasons. And the first reason is because he loves us. He allows us to, to breathe for a moment. Allows us to have a reprieve, right? He comes in and covers us, allows us to rest for a moment. Uh, sword makers, and I want to talk, I'm shifting gears just a moment, but there's something somewhere I'm going with it. Sword makers in the same way uh, will return a sword to the heat and take the sword out and let it cool. Put a sword in the heat, take it out and let it cool. Put a sword in the heat, take it out and let it rest. 
And oftentimes a sword maker will do that multiple, multiple, multiple times in the making of the sword. And that's because every time it goes into the heat and then rests, what has been poured into it or what has been formed together begins to become one. Right? So it's, it's the process of changing the actual structure of what they're working on. Right? It's a forging process of blending the different metals together. So when we've been in the heat and all the stuff that God is pouring in you and teaching you and working through you in that heated process, when he pulls you out to let you rest, there's a moment where all of that gets to kind of just float until it rests and mellows together. Right? And then what God has taught us in that process becomes a part of who we are. It's not something that if we just broke into it right away and started slicing up that meat, all of that would just run off onto the tray, onto the floor, onto the countertops, and it wouldn't become part of the process, part of who you are, right? So God allows us to rest so that that can become a part of who we are in the same way sword makers do that. So why does meat need to rest after a long cook? Because it allows all the flavor... All the flavor that's been pushed through this meat and all the smoke that's been pushed through this meat, all the heat that's happened, it allows all that to be reabsorbed by the fibers of the meat. So we let ribs rest for 45 minutes after we smoke them for three to six hours. You let them rest for 45 minutes because if you cut it right away, the meat won't have as much flavor. It won't be as juicy. It won't have as much tenderness right? So God gives us a time of rest often after being in a high heat situation uh, so that we can have a season of rest so that we won't lose our flavoring and be bland to a desperate and hurting world. If you go through the process and then you immediately jump into trying to help people right out the other side of the process, what happened is everything that God has poured into you will pour right back out the other side. It hasn't had time to really settle and sit in. And then in that moment when it's settled and sit in, then you're flavorful to a hurting world, not bland. But what happens is when we've been hurt and we just continue to walk like we've never been hurt and we continue to walk through the process, then when we interact with people uh, in our spirit, we're flavorless, right? In our spirit, we're bland. So the, the rest is one of the most important parts of the cooking process. You can have the best smoker, the best wood, the best time frame, the best chunk of meat. But if you immediately slice it up when it comes out of the smoker, it doesn't matter. All of that work goes down the drain, right? So we've got to make sure that we, when we've been through a process of heating up and God has worked in us, that we also take a moment to rest at the end of that. That we allow God to cover us, we rest, we take that moment to rest, and then we begin to walk it out again. And then we begin to do this. So Matthew 5.13 says this, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. So we as Christians, we as followers of Jesus, we as believers are designed to be flavorful to a hungry and thirsty people. When we introduce Jesus to people, how many of you know people are hungry and thirsty? Right? If you don't believe me, just get on social media. All right, people are hungry for the wrong things, thirsty for the wrong things. Uh, you see lots of thirsty people <laughs> on social media, right? Uh, putting themselves out there, taking the wrong kind of pictures, and, and it's just all of that kind of stuff. It's a, it's a thirst and a hunger for things that aren't filling, things that aren't good for, the, for them and their soul, 
right? Um, but when we as Christians are supposed to come into contact with people who are hungry and thirsty, they should like what they see and taste in us, right? They should want more of that. Uh, so, so we've got to make sure that we keep our saltiness. We keep our, our distinctness of our flavor and who we are to the world. My wife uh, preached an incredible Wednesday night message last year sometime, or was it the year before? On, on staying salty. And uh, you can probably find it in our archives. It was, it was excellent, excellent stuff. So, so God builds us up and builds us, and we submit to the process while also collaborating in work with Jesus to build the kingdom, right? And that's what we're designed to do. That's what we were created for. Uh, a lot of times we get lost and sidetracked and distracted building our own kingdom or building the wrong kingdom or doing things differently when, when in essence we're designed to be collaborating with Jesus to build the kingdom of God. And that starts with allowing him to build up ourselves, right? Build up who we are. And then we have a hand in collaborating with God with building our kids, building our spouses, building our family. And then we collaborate after that as a family with building our community, building our city, building our church, right? All of it kind of forms together, but it starts with you submitting to the process, you and me, right? We have to submit to the process for God to do something new in us. So what are the indicators that you're submitting to the process properly and you're coming out the other side properly? Fruits of the spirit are the key indicators of our transformation from being ruled by the flesh, which is unprocessed raw meat, flesh, from being ruled by the flesh to being slow-cooked and circumcised and carved by Christ into something useful and beautiful, right? Fruits of the Spirit. Uh, okay, Pastor Steve, how do I know if I'm bearing the fruits of the Spirit? Do you have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? Are you exhibiting those traits in your daily walk, your daily life? If you're not, God's probably still turning up the heat on you to get you to the point to where when you come out and after a rest, you walk in and display those fruits, right? Because how many of you know a needy and desperate world needs love, needs joy, needs peace, needs patience, needs kindness, needs goodness, needs faithfulness, needs gentleness, and needs self-control. These are fruits that, that make us uh, more palpable to people who are hurting and people that need Jesus. Right? That's why the Holy Spirit gives it to us. So, so in all of this, as we move through this life, heat gets applied from time to time. And when it does, don't be scared. Don't run from it. And quit trying to jump out of the smoker. Quit trying to run off like a pile of ribs. You know? If you can imagine a little pile of ribs running down your driveway, you know, trying to get away. You know, you know, quit trying to run off. And when God turns up the heat, man, uh, begin to say, okay, God. We, you know, crack your neck, get, get ready, stretch out. Okay, God, what are we going to do? What are you going to do in me? You know, get me, get me ready, uh, God, to produce this process in me and let this process happen uh, and let it be effective the first time so that I don't have to keep going back in the heat, right? Let it be effective the first time. So in all of that, we've got to be ready for that. We have to understand that it yields perseverance, the struggle produces character, the character produces hope, and then we're useful for God to other people in our life. So, with all that, I leave you with this. Stay salty, my friends. All right. Would you stand with me tonight?
I just want to pray over you. And then this Sunday uh, is is Father's Day, so make sure you come out and and uh, be a part of that if you can. Uh, don't I, I don't have any clue what I'm preaching this Sunday yet. I really don't. We we finished our series this past Sunday. Um, God is talking to me about a couple different directions, but I'm I'm curious on where it's going to land. So I'm going to get along with him in the next couple of days, and we're going to figure that out. But I, I promise you, whatever it is, it's going to be God inspired, and and uh, God's going to give it to us, and we're going to receive it. So it's going to be good. Um, this week, as you guys go about the rest of your week, and, and this is this is the middle of the week. This is, uh, you know, the rest of the week is coming. Now it's downhill. You know, you've climbed through Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, and we're coming into the, the downhill slide into the weekend. Uh, but as you go and as you leave tonight, one of the things I'd like you to ask you to do is 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 kind of examine your yourself, examine your life, and look at where you're at. And if you're feeling heat. Begin to pray. Begin to ask God, what's the heat for? What is required of me in this process? And where do you want me to change? Right? You say, Pastor Steve, you say that a lot in a lot of sermons. Well, that's where God's had me lately. God's had me preaching this stuff, and it's kind of all flowed together. But uh, when, I, when God does that, I believe it's because he's waiting on some of us to actually receive it and accept it. Right? He's waiting on some of us to actually produce it and, and put it in as a part of our life. Uh, so I think that's why it's all flowed together in the last, last several weeks. Uh, but this week, you know, pray, if you're, especially if you're feeling heat in your life. God, what do you need to see different out of me? What do you need to see change? What changes do you need to see in my life? And begin to just focus on your relationship with him. Allow him to speak to you. Uh, and then start to, to work it out. Start to walk through that process. All right? So let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to dig into your word tonight. Lord, I, I thank you that you're even patient when, with us when we use similes like barbecuing. <laughs> Father, that, that you, under, you understand, and Lord Jesus, you used uh, these kinds of stories about agriculture and, and cooking and, and uh, armies and things like that to, to get your point across. And I thank you, Father, that we can discuss barbecuing tonight to get the point of, of the things that you do in our life. Lord, I pray over everybody in attendance, Lord, that uh, as they walk through the rest of this week, Holy Spirit, that you would just speak to them, uh, that you would talk to them. Uh, if th those in this room who are going through a battle or going through the heat, walking through a storm, uh, however we want to say it, Lord, uh, that their heart would be open to specifically hear what you have to say. And Lord, that you would produce things in us like perseverance and character and hope. And Father, that we would proudly display the fruits of the Spirit on the other sides of the processes that you're working out in us. So Father, we love you tonight. And we just, we just declare your goodness. And we know that you are good. Even when we're in the oven, you're good. When we're resting after the process, you're good. And when we get back up and get back to work, you're good. And Father, we thank you for that tonight in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you Sunday.